Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Finger. How's everybody doing? I hope everybody had a great weekend. I hope everybody had a safe weekend, and I hope everybody uh, heeded my my guideline on the last episode of staying a hockey stick length away from each other. Uh, there was a couple of Lightning fans that reached out, a couple of hockey fans as well, that are listeners of the podcast, and I once again, I truly appreciate all you guys for the feedback. I love to hear what you guys have to say about past episodes. Uh, a lot of you liked that comparison, so I'm going to keep saying it, of course, trying to keep the hockey analogies alive and try and make them relevant to everyday life. So let's just jump right into it. Some news right off the bat, and then we'll just go from there. Uh, Lightning St- uh, Captain Steven Stamkos says he's ready to go, which... We're not all surprised. We're, I don't think anyone who's especially who's a listener of this show is is surprised the least. You know, we, I said about probably maybe a couple shows into the situation that we're in now with no hockey that I think the positives that you could take away from there being no period of hockey is that. You're going to get when play does resume, and I'm sure it will at some point. It's just a matter of when, not if, that the this could be this this time off is the best thing that could have ever happened for this Lightning team. And this, I don't think a lot of teams or a lot of fans of other teams realize how dangerous this team is going to be once the playoffs hit. Now, think about it. This team, the Lightning, uh, you know, if you've been watching games all year, this team was banged up on and off all year. I don't think maybe since I want to say November, December, maybe even January, they've had a full healthy team. You know, if you look at this team all season, they've had some bumps and bruises along the way. I don't think they've consistently had, and that seems like that's kind of the story with a lot of teams, but for a team that has this level of talent on it, I mean, going into the playoffs with this level of talent with, all these guys well-rested, ready to go. This is going to be a dangerous team. This is not going to be the same team that you saw going in, you know, into the break, if you want to call it that. Uh, I like to refer to it as the break because, of course, that's what it is. But it's, you know, of course, it wasn't an unplanned. It wasn't a planned break, as we all know. But, yeah, that's, you know, especially having Stamkos back and having John, John Ruda back and having Ryan McDonough fully healthy, uh, having all those guys healthy, ready to go, especially with all the other players on this team that were dealing with some bumps and bruises. I believe that right before, I think it was a game or two before, I believe Victor Hedman also left the game with an injury and there was some uncertainty as to what was even wrong with him. But I'm sure he's got that all sorted out, that situation all sorted out. And he's going to be ready to go as well once things start to pick up. And I think, yeah, I think that, you know, we're, we've all been discussing this is that when the playoffs do start most likely uh both the the matchup that the lightning are going to be looking for and like i said when we we discussed the scenario of a couple of weeks back that you know of course you want to focus on the first series of the playoffs you, you don't want to look to the next series but it seems at this point it's a foregone conclusion that the Lightning will be facing off against the Boston Bruins if these teams, both these teams, play the way they're supposed to play. And yeah, I think that's going to happen. And I think that I think that 
you know, when you look at the Boston Bruins and you compare them to this Lightning team, of course, on paper, the the Boston Bruins have the edge. They have a ton of players who could score. They have a ton of players who, who are very good skaters. Uh, they have a ton of defensemen who could also score from, you know, top to bottom. I mean, you just pick a player out of a hat on that team and, you know, they're very capable of throwing in one, maybe two uh, every now and then. And especially, I mean, David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, you know, just name a, name a Bruins player. But, you know, now that you have a, a lightning team that's fully healthy, I, I don't see the edge anymore. I mean, if you put these, both these teams on the ice, granted, they do have certain styles of play that might differ from each other. But at the end of the night, I think that the lightning in a seven game series, especially, can definitely hold their own, if not maybe win it in six or seven. Who knows? Maybe with some hot goaltending from Vasilevsky, they can maybe pull it off in five. You know, But let's not really jump the gun on that because, granted, we still have to get the season underway. We still have to play that first round of the playoffs. And, of course, most likely that will be against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that Maple Leafs team... You know they're they're no easy easy team to get by as well. You know they have they have Austin Matthews, they have John Tavares, they have Tyson Bear, they have all these players who could do a lot of things. William Nylander. I mean, you know, we could go up go all day about some of the players that are such a huge threat uh, to score and who are going to cause a lot of headaches for this Lightning team. But even though they didn't win the season series, I mean, I I still give. I still give the Lightning the edge, regardless, just because of Basileski, of just how talented he is, and just how you know he could he could he could throw two shutouts in a row, and then you have a team who's down two nothing, uh, kind of with their back to the wall against a very very talented Tampa Bay Lightning team. So when you have that kind of advantage, I mean, granted, you could also the Lightning could easily go out there and do nothing in the first two games against Frederick Anderson and be kind of in the same position as they were last year with the Columbus Blue Jackets. But that is why you play the games. You know, we could speculate all day long as to what the outcomes of these games are going to be. But at the end of the day, they still have to go out there. They still have to play the games. And they, this Lightning team, they have all the talented, all the talent in the world, but they still have to go out there and play the game. They still have to go out there and perform and that, you know, if they go out there thinking that they have the series in the bag, they're going to be getting their golf clubs out pretty early for the offseason if they don't, you know, get have the right set of mind. And I think, like I spoke on previous episodes, especially the one where, unfortunately, I reopened the scab of last year's first round playoff exit, where I went in depth, you know, I was trying to put off that episode for as long as possible. But I think now that we, as Lightning fans, we we brought it out. We had our little group therapy session on the podcast, and a lot of fans reached out to me saying similar things as well, and some other things that differentiate it um, from what I said, that it was good. You know, if you look at that, the best that was one of the best things that could have happened to this team. Granted, unfortunately, in a perfect world, you would have wanted them to continue that great season by going all the way to cup finals and hoisting Lord Stanley. But that's not how things work out. Sometimes uh, the road to a championship, not only to one championship, but several championships, because let's make no mistake, this team is not only very talented, but they're also very young. And 
I believe if you look at this team, you know, not only do they have a chance to win a cup this year, next year, and the year after, but you know, they, they're going to be in contention for the next, I want to say maybe five years, maybe six or seven. Uh, if they stay healthy, of course, by then you're going to have a much older Stamkos, but at the same time, you're going to have a much older and grizzled veteran, uh, and, and Andre Vasilevsky, and you're gonna have a lot of these guys as well. Uh, Carter Verhage, Anthony Sorelli, guys who are, you know, have been around for a while, of course, but are still, are going to gain a lot more, uh, experience and are going to be able to handle certain situations. By then they're going to have seen it all. And I believe if this team plays the way it's supposed to play, the way that we all know it's supposed to play, that there's no team in the National Hockey League that is going to be a problem for them. Um, that, you know, I think they could have a run like the Pittsburgh Penguins had or like the Chicago Blackhawks had in recent memory. Those are the two teams I look at most when I try to think of how can this franchise model the success of the most recent teams. And those are the teams you really look after because they didn't just win one. They won multiple championships over a course of many years. Uh, I mean, of course, there was the, the Los Angeles Kings who won two, I believe, in four, maybe five years. But those were different kind of scenarios. I'm not trying to take any credit away from those Kings team. They still had a tough road ahead of them. And the way they got to the cup and the teams that they had to beat to get there was no easy task. But when you look at those other championship teams, like the Penguins and especially the Chicago Blackhawks, who unfortunately beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in the last Stanley Cup finals that they've played in and won, um, you know, those are really the recipes for success. And if you look at those teams, you know, you had some new faces uh, playing for them. But at the same time, you also had a lot of the same cast of characters that you had from years early. And a lot of these, what was the main theme was that a lot of these players came up with each other and they played many years with each other and they complement each other in a way. And I believe that the Lightning, their window is now. And that's what what I'm really getting to. And that's why I think that this playoffs for this team, especially coming off of what happened last year, is going to be, if not the most important run that this team will have had in recent years because this will show whether or not they are the real deal in terms of talent wise and what they're capable and what the potential is or is this just one big fluke i really believe that they're the real deal it's only a matter of just going out there and showing that they have the talent playing up to the level that we all know as fans that they can and also a little bit of luck because that's how playoff hockey works you, sometimes you're going to have to have the puck bounce a certain way in your favor as well as a couple of calls go in your favor. And that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, I'll get into that more a little bit, but let's let's uh, we got a little sidetracked there, but let's discuss some other news real quick. The the it was a report, I believe, from TSN, Toronto Sports Network, saying that the 20, 2020 uh, 2021 season would start in December and then the playoffs would be in July, which I don't mind. I like, I really like that idea. Um, granted, yes, it's maybe going to conflict with baseball in certain ways. I'm sure there's going to be in certain markets, depending on what team is playing, the fans are going to probably be electing to go to a baseball game rather than the hockey game. But then again, if the playoffs, especially in those kind of like May, June games, but I have no doubt that, you know, at the end of the day, no disrespect to the Tampa Bay Rays, 
if the local Tampa Bay sports fan had the chance to either go to a Rays game or a Lightning game, I believe that they're going to go to a Lightning game. And because, I mean, what's more exciting than hockey? I mean, I love baseball just as much as everybody. But I think in many ways, yeah, this might conflict with the other sports. But at the same time, I think this could actually be something that could be potentially very good, not only for the league, but I guess it's going to make other, especially baseball, kind of step up its game and be like, how are we going to be able to maybe take away the viewers that we're losing to hockey and trying to step things up? So this is kind of going to, and if I'm sure eventually what's going to happen is the NHL, once they have play out next season, they're going to eventually, what I think the plan is going to do is that they're going to start later and later and later. And it might take maybe three years, I would say, or maybe two years to really cycle uh, the play, the season to where it will have started in October like it normally does. Uh, but at the same time, I do like hockey in the summer. I think that's a great, that's a great I- thing to have. I think that's something that the league maybe should look at depending on how the next on next season goes. And obviously this is a whole long way ahead. You know, we're, we're still focusing on when is this season going to start? But at the same time, it doesn't help to speculate or to maybe try and wonder how is this going to affect sales and tickets? How is this going to affect viewership and all that? And I think that, you know, if they do well enough, if the numbers are high enough for the league, they should really maybe look into thinking maybe they should have the season start in December or maybe January and then just have it play in September. So then by the time hockey season's over, uh, football starting up and then, you know, I think that's a good, I think that's a good thing just because also a lot of fans, especially in the warmer climate, you know, especially when it's like July in some of those other states, maybe it gets a little hotter sooner, but especially in like Tampa where it's like, it's really muggy out. It's, it's really, um, the humidity is off the charts. Um, you know, places like that, or maybe like in, in California, any places where it gets super hot during those, those summer months of, I think hockey fans are going to be, I think fans in general, sports fans, if they want to go to a sporting event and they look on the schedule, Oh, it's, you know, the lightning are playing tonight and it's super hot out, but they don't want to stay out, go to a baseball game, go to a hockey game, cool off. You can sit there in your shorts and a, a hockey sweater. And I think that eventually maybe the league, if they do well enough, if they're willing to do this, maybe they could figure something out with the players association. Uh, maybe this is something that they could probably put in the new agreement. Once the talks start for that, uh, maybe have hockey in the summer. Uh, I'm curious what you guys think about that. I think that potentially that could be, um, probably something that's going to be very beneficial, not only to hockey fans, but to the NHL as well. Uh, I don't know how keen the players would be on be to playing hockey and kind of giving up their summers. I don't know, especially the players of the teams that play in the cold market teams. Like, you know, especially if you're a player, let's say if you're Connor McDavid and you're giving up your summers to play hockey and then you have your off day, you have your off you know, you're off season in the middle of winter in Edmonton. I mean, I don't know if Connor McDavid stays in Edmonton during the off season, but if he does, yeah, I'm sure you're not going to want that to happen. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, but that's still a long ways ahead. Um, so let's go over to the segment that I have planned this week. I'm going to talk a little bit about that, just summarize it for you. And then I'm kind of going to go back to the, I'm kind of going to skip back to, 
what I think about how this team is going to perform going forward, not only this year when the season restarts, but in future years. So I'm going to start a segment this week, and I guess eventually this is going to tie in. Because on Locked on Lightning, we all know if you're a frequent listener or if you've listened to a couple episodes here and there, that I like to take things uh, from certain episodes and show how it relates to the current topic at hand. So you know, if you're a listener, if you've listened to a couple episodes, that this is what's going to happen. I'm going to take this sec- these, this week's segment and discuss the top games of the season. Now, right now, today, on, on today's episode, just to start off easy, so maybe some of you who haven't gotten a chance to could um, go back and watch these games. If you can, I'm sure you can find it. If you have NHL.TV, then it's super easy to. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to discuss the top games of the season and I'm just going to list off some of my favorite games of the season. And then um, we'll go in more in depth and we'll summarize those games. And we'll discuss why they were so important thus far in the season. So my one of my favorite moments, one of my favorite games of the season was the February 11th game between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that game went to overtime. That is the game, if you've listened to the episodes before, that I've I've discussed in depth. I've I've beaten the horse to death to uh, about this game about how much I love this game and how well the Lightning played in this game and how much it showed that this team was ready to play in the playoffs and play in that playoff atmosphere because there's nothing that screams kind of like the playoff atmosphere. A big game on the road against one of the best teams in the league. Make no mistake, regardless of their record or where they are in the point standings right now, Pittsburgh Penguins are still a very good team. Granted, they're not as good as that those Stanley Cup final teams that you know won all those championships and were always in the playoffs, battling it out against the Washington Capitals every year. But this is still a very good team, especially when you have Sidney Crosby, one of the best players of all time, lining up under center. Of course, he is. This is still one of the best teams. So the significance of this game, and I'm going to discuss some other games, but I'm going to discuss right now in this episode why I thought this game was one of the most important ones, other than the fact that. It was a, you know, playoff atmosphere, and it was a big game overtime win on the road against a very good team. Was that it was the that eleven game winning streak? It was in the midst of that eleven game winning streak that unfortunately came to an end about a week or two later. Uh, this was the eighth win in a row, and it this was really one of the moments during the season where Vasilevsky, even though it was a two one game, he was still very dominant. He was on top of the world. He was. He was by far, you know, at this point in the season, and I still feel this way that at this point in the season, as well as now, of course, I think that Vasilevsky was really making the the case for himself to be the Vezina Trophy winner, but also a unanimous selection. And I still feel this way. I still feel just based off numbers. If you look at his numbers, that he's still the top dog in that race. I mean, I've we spoke about it on a past episode where I discussed that, you know, uh, it was kind of absurd in a way that, Connor Hellebuck was kind of being favored by some writers in some of the sports uh, sports websites on the uh, you know across the country and around the world, uh, saying that you know Connor Hellebuck had a good chance of beating him out for it. And I think I saw Ben Bishop somewhere as a selection, which was pretty crazy. But I mean, I'm not going to discredit those guys; they're still very good goalies. But I mean, when you look at Vasilevsky, what he's done, and the adversity, of course, every team in the National Hockey League faces some sort of adversity at one point or another in the season. But with the the numerous injuries and all the stuff that went on, to go on a absolute tear 
at this point in the season, especially where this was Vasilevsky's 19th win in a row. Okay. Now let that sink in for a minute. 19 wins in a row by a goalie. I believe he ended up, I think the streak ended at like 22, 23. I have to check again. Um, yeah, he was absolutely dominating. Granted, he wasn't throwing a shutout every night. I mean, you're not going to expect that regardless of who the goaltender is, whether it's Andre Vasilevsky or if it's Marty Brodeur. You know, Marty Brodeur didn't go out there and throw a shutout every night. I mean, not some of the best goalies of all time could do that. That's just how it is. But he still went out there. He still put his team, he still played away between the pipes where he was able to put his team in a position to win games. And that's what he did. And if you watch this game, that he did that the entire game. You know, if you look at this game, he had 35 saves. Now, these weren't all, those 35 uh, saves weren't all pucks to the chest. I mean, yeah, here and there, you're going to have the easy save. But these were hard saves. You had... You had guys like Balkan ripping one from the from the circle. You know, had guys like that, Jake Getzel. You know, the the list goes on of all those all those skate uh, those forwards and skaters on on uh, on Pittsburgh who are capable of putting the puck in the back of the net. So you know, this is still and like I said, they're a very good team. So of course, you know, he's he's up against you know some of the, you know one of the some of the best scorers in the league. Well, not in the league, but in on this team, you know, they're still very good. Um, but yeah, so. Vasilevsky was absolutely dominant, and it, if you this was really really felt like a playoffs um, playoff game, just because also it was on national television. Now I'm sure, and some people watched it if they watched it on NHL TV, they saw it on you know whether it was I think I think I know Pittsburgh had it on their channel. I believe the Lightning also had it on theirs as well. Uh, I watched it on the NBC. Uh, broadcast just because I just like to watch the national broadcast because there's no offense to the local channels that they just do so much more in terms of pumping up the game, especially from both sides. So you kind of get to learn not only some things about your team that you didn't really learn know before, but you also learn some things about the other team where you're like, oh, wow, you know, surprisingly enough, when they're playing very well against A, B and C. So it's just one of those games where I feel like this was definitely, you know, it really showed that. You know, not every win in a win streak is going to be easy. Now, number eight in this in the streak of eleven was by by far not easy at all. And this and this, if you go back and watch this game, it, it definitely shows. So yeah, that's my little spiel on the February eleventh game, the two one overtime win. Uh, your Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Pens on the road. So yeah, that was one of the things. And now on the other sh- on the next show. Of Lockdown Lightning. We'll discuss some of the other games as well. I'll discuss the October 30th game where the Lightning beat the Devils 7 6. Uh, I'll discuss the January 7th game where the Lightning beat Vancouver 9 2. The January 14th game where they won 4 3 in a shootout against the Los Angeles Kings. And then the the February 17th game where they won 4-3 to in OT against the Colorado Avalanche. So, yeah, I'm just going to be discussing some of that stuff. And uh, I think it's one of those things where as we're waiting for time, as we're waiting for more from the, from the league on news of when things are going to start up, I think that looking back at certain moments where this team maybe didn't really show their dominance as, you know, as much as they did, uh, maybe also I'll throw in a couple of losses in there and why they meant so much to this team and why, you know, they were really served as, um, 
I guess, learning experiences. Because that's what it's all about. You know, great teams aren't going to win 82 games in a season. It's just, you know, it's not going to be done. That's just the way it is. You know, they're going to blow a couple of playoff series, case in point, last year. So it's all about that. You know, not every playoff run or Stanley Cup final win, uh, trophy run is going to be, you know, all all roses. So, you know, if that there's going to be a couple of bumps and bruises along the way, and that's what this team is going to go is, is had to deal with as well. You know, not only in the sense of losing games and going on tough stretches where they had that four game losing streak right after the 11 game winning streak, but also, you know, dealing with a lot of adversity, like I said, with a lot of injuries, a lot of players being out of the lineup, unfortunately on a nightly basis. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Of course, if you have any comments or questions or just want to throw a shout out to the, to the show and me and everybody, go ahead and contact us at LockedOnLightning at gmail.com or tweet to us at LO underscore Lightning on Twitter. Or if you want to give me a shout out on Twitter, go ahead, APDanker, D-E-N-K-E-R. And I'll get back to you as soon as I can, of course. And if if it's uh, anything pretty cool that you got to say, go ahead and maybe we'll have you on the show. Who knows? Maybe want, maybe in a, in a little bit, in the next couple of weeks, we'll have some fans on the show to discuss the season. So that's been it for Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Dank. Everybody have a good one. I'll see you on the next show.